The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The last leg of the preseason had the Bears meeting the Browns before trimming the 90-man roster down to the 53-man squad that our beloved are taking into battle for 2017. So who made the team and were there any surprises? All of this plus the picks that stick on the preseason week four review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Here we are, folks. It is Sunday, September 3rd. One week from today, our beloved Chicago Bears kick off the regular season. It always feels like it's never going to get here, and then it's right under your nose just before you know it. They kick off the regular season at home against the Atlanta Falcons one week from today. So this would be the preseason finale episode of the Chicago Bears Review. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back once again going to introduce you to the 53-man roster that was uh, declared yesterday afternoon. Then I will introduce you to the three guys that are now on that 53-man roster because the Bears uh, went ahead and made some waiver claims uh, in the last 24 hours. So first I'll introduce you to the team that made the squad as of yesterday. Then, uh, then uh, you know, shape you up to what's uh, the final transactions that the Bears have made in the last 24 hours. Uh, including what amounts to a seven-man practice squad uh, thus far. I thought that um, they weren't going to have practice squad guys signed in time for me to do this, but sure enough, uh, they were able to get so far seven. You can have up to ten, so we have seven so far. Maybe there'll be uh, a ten-man practice squad by the time we uh, meet up later this week for the season premiere, let's just call it, the season premiere of the Chicago Bears review for 2017, the week one preview episode for the Bears and the Falcons and our friend Matt Carolee, um from Blog and Dirty on uh, from Fansided.com will be joining us to uh, preview the game on Thursday. We'll be talking with him on Thursday night, so the show will be out either late Thursday or first thing Friday morning for most of you probably. Um, that is when the preview episode will be out, and then. We hit the ground running from there. You know, uh, ep- review episodes come out on Monday, Tuesdays if the Bears play on Monday, which only happens once uh, this year. Uh, when we play the Thursday nighter against Green Bay, we'll figure something out. So, um, you know, depend. I guess we'll do it by feel then. You know, if the Bears win that game on Thursday, we might do a knee-jerk reaction show on Thursday night just because we're so jacked about it. So we'll see. But uh, nonetheless... You know, this is it. This is the last preseason episode. When we come back on Thursday, we hit the ground running, and then it's balls to the wall until week 17, and then hopefully, knock on wood, into January, because uh, the season ends, I think, on the 31st of December. So the very last day of 2017 will either be the last day the Bears play football or just the last day that they're playing football that, uh, you know, regular season football, I guess. I don't know. We haven't done a playoff game since 2017, or excuse me, we haven't done a playoff game since uh, 2010, which means, uh, what, January of 2011 is the deepest that we've gone into a uh, into the season. Um, that was a fun year, but uh, having them choke against Green Bay in the title game, that sucked. That really did. So, um, anyway, so the Bears and the Browns played a game on Thursday night. Um, to be honest with you, um, I was bored to tears uh, by this game. Uh, I always am. I, I, I hate the fourth preseason game. Um, number one, because not only are you dealing with a bunch of guys that aren't going to be playing football for you uh, a week from now, um, you're also looking at teams that, I mean, especially in this case, 
with the Bears and the Browns, they play each other. Granted, it's four months down the road, second to last week of the season when the Bears and the Browns play week 15, week 16. Uh, But these are teams that play each other, so they're not going to want to show each other anything on film that they can look back on and, you know, try to help them get an edge later on in this season. So not only are you dealing with basic personnel that's never going to see the field that or isn't going to see the field significantly when the season starts, you're also looking at basic play calling, which was never more evident than the first like quarter and a half that the Bears were on offense. Uh, three possessions for the Bears to start the game with Mitch Trubisky starting. This should have been fun. This should have been interesting to see uh, Mitch go out there for the beginning. And, you know, with the guys that he's basically been slinging the ball around with the entire preseason and having a great deal of success with, you know, Tanner Gentry and, you know, and all those guys that, uh, you know, were fighting for roster spots. The first three possessions the Bears are out there, three handoffs, three and out. for Trub- They didn't even pretend to try to throw the football. You know, uh, Trubisky was done in the second quarter. He was two for four for like eight yards or something like that. It was insane what they did with him in that last game. It's like, why even have him play if that's what we're going to do? You know, why not just, uh, you know, let Sanchez put him out there and let the other guys have a chance? You know, it was insane watching that. And, you know, Connor Shaw went out there and he did some things. Unfortunately, he got hurt uh, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the game, which is the, the next thing that was just bananas, which was that uh, they put Trubisky back out there. And instead of doing what they did in the first quarter, which is just turning around and handing the football off, they got Mitch out there throwing passes now. He gets sacked, which means we could have had our prized possession. The guy that's that basically threw the entire offseason into turmoil because we signed a guy we thought was going to be our starter, then we drafted his replacement before he ever took a snap. And, you know, the whole preseason has been about you know, Glennon or Trubisky, Glennon or Trubisky, Glennon or Trubisky. We finally settled that last week uh, against Tennessee. But, you know, you're taking the option away if you get that kid hurt in, in the most meaningless game anybody will play all season long, which is the fourth preseason game. And, um, you know, there are people calling for Fox's job after that, man. I mean, what a crazy, crazy thing he was doing back there. And his justification was you can get hurt anytime you go out there. Dickhead, not our number two pick, not the guy that we gave up draft assets to choose and not the one that had half the city calling for his head, you know, know, no, not him, anybody but him. So, I mean, it's just, just insane uh, uh, what happened. And and then for for Fox to be so nonchalant uh, about it just shows the the old guy stubbornness that he has uh, right now that, that I feel kind of has him out of touch. Uh, at the moment, you know, like I, I think maybe that's maybe one of the reasons the Bears aren't succeeding is that, uh, you know, John Fox sounded like a great idea in 2015. We, we you know, we as Bear fans wanted somebody that had some head coaching experience that could help lead the Bears into the next phase, you know, as opposed to constantly picking the. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hot coordinator had no head coaching experience, especially for a guy you know like Tressman that we just got done with. He had no head coaching experience, and it showed. I mean, it was bad. Fox sounded like a great idea. 
uh, at the time, and uh, Bear fans were thrilled to have him. I know I was, and I'm pretty sure that I expressed that quite a bit uh, on this show. And, um, you know, I just thought nothing but great days were ahead, and it seemed like it was working out, but it just... It, it's always kind of felt like something was missing, and, and I think that maybe maybe that is it. Maybe that it's just that, um, you know, he's he's old, and it's the game has passed him by, or, or or whatever the case may be. You know, hopefully over the season that will prove to be uh, prove to be untrue. But um, you know, that's a little bit too old school of of an approach uh, and everything. And also, I really do do think it kind of feeds into the rumor that uh, Trubisky was not Fox's choice. You know, because he really didn't sound like he cared um, whether or not Trubisky goes down because he's got Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon is his guy. That's the guy that he wanted. He was the one that was going to start for us uh, going forward. He was the one that was going to hand off the football so that, you know, we could run Jordan Howard into the ground so we could cause him to have a short career. We're going to play defense and force some turnovers this year and then maybe throw a pass every now and then with Glennon. But, uh, you know, with Trubisky, I think we're going to have much more of a dynamic offense when it's his time. It's not his time yet. I know everybody wants to push the fast forward button and get Trubisky out there. It's not his time yet. We are not ready. And I will defin- and I will tell you why here in a minute when we go over this roster. Okay? We are not ready for Mitch Trubisky yet. Number one, I didn't that's why I said we shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. I'm glad we have him. Um, I'm glad we have him. But uh this is why we we were not ready for him. And I'll show you here in a minute. But um you know, the game in general, uh, like I said, it was it was a boring game. I actually slept through a lot of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. The the, the bits that I did see um, were the Bears looking decent on defense for the most part. Uh, Kwiatkowski and Christian Jones, guys who ended up making the team, uh, looked really good uh, that night. Uh, Kwiatkowski had a sack on, on a play that just blew up Cody Kessler, um, you know, Otherwise, we lost 25 to nothing. Um, so we finished the preseason two and two. You know, big deal. We, we lost to the Browns. The Browns finished the uh, preseason undefeated. So that, of course, means they're going to win the AFC North and go to the Super Bowl, right? So because the NFC's best team, the team that we'll be talking about in a few days here, uh, the Falcons, uh, went 0-4 in the preseason. So, uh, I mean, that's just that just tells you everything, right? That they're they're screwed. The Browns are on their way up, and uh, the rest of the NFL needs to watch out. So, um, But that's it. I mean, like I said, uh, for those of you that saw my post on Facebook last night uh, announcing that I was going to be doing the show today, um, I did say that we were going to be talking about the fourth game briefly. The whole thing with Trubisky was basically the only thing worth talking about. Um, the only other notable thing was um, we had some injuries in this game. Um, Victor Cruz left the game with a knee injury. And um, Lamar Houston left the game with a knee injury. Neither was significant, but ended up costing both guys their roster spots. And so it was, um, you know, unfortunate. But um, I don't know what the hell happened with Victor Cruz. I honestly don't know what happened there. Uh, it, it felt like the, the the Bears were giving him a shot there in the beginning. And, you know, it's just like from the Cardinals game on, like we saw him, he was basically all over the Broncos game. We saw... Uh, Cruz on the field a lot then from the Cardinals game and into the I mean the Titans game I think we played like six snaps against the Titans you know and you know played a little bit on on Thursday night against the uh, against the Browns but that guy's been a ghost since the opening game against the Broncos I mean he's just been nowhere and his claim to fame in the preseason is he caught Mitch Trubisky's first touchdown pass that's it you know we have he's been virtually unheard of since then and, you know, I don't know if it was like, I think he did, he had, uh, he had a hamstring issue for a little bit, but he didn't miss, he played in every game. So whatever the, the injury was, it wasn't significant enough to knock him out of any games, uh, or anything. He's got four games of tape with the bear. I mean, barely, but he's got four games where he played in, in the, in the entire preseason and just, he went off a cliff. I don't know what the hell happened. So, I mean, here we are talking about how he's in a roster battle with Kendall Wright for for our, for our slot receiver uh position and the next thing you know is we keep reading um i kept reading uh you know rumors about cruz isn't going to make the team it's like well if he doesn't who is you know especially after cameron meredith went down it was like if cruz isn't going to make the roster who the hell is going to make it and 
you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I had a theory that we talked about after the Titans game uh, about um, what kind of door uh, the injury to Cameron Meredith would open. And it turns out that, that theory ended up being correct. So um, anyway, what do you say? We'll, uh, we'll meet the 53-man roster that was announced yesterday. We'll talk about the cut. We'll first of all talk about the team guys who didn't make the team. Then we'll talk about those who did. Then we'll talk about the ones that we picked up on the waiver wire. So we have our 53-man roster set for our beloved Chicago Bears, the guys that will go into battle for us in 2017. And, um, you know, but before we got there, we had to get down from the 90 that we went to camp with. Um, starting things off with the guys that did not make the team will be the, uh, the veterans who were basically cut. Their contracts were terminated. Uh, they weren't, uh, they mean, they become free agents immediately available to sign with other teams, uh, right off the bat. Um, you know, and this is in alphabetical order straight from the bears website. Um, Jonathan Banks, the defensive back offensive lineman, Taylor Boggs, wide receiver, Victor Cruz surprise for me, Jay Howard, the defensive lineman, uh, that we got from the Kansas city chiefs bears tried hard to get that guy two years ago. Uh, he ended up going back to the chiefs. They signed him again. This year in the offseason after a bad 2016 with a hip injury and everything. Um, had Still had some after effects with the hip injury. And then like an idiot got himself thrown out of the game against the Titans for throwing punches. And um, basically he's gone because the Bears didn't miss him when he was. So uh, as much that was a big surprise for me to hear Jay Howard got cut. Another uh, veteran defensive lineman Jonathan Jenkins uh, was cut as well. Uh, Kelvin Shepard, who we picked up from the Giants, a linebacker, was let go. Uh, Dan Scuda, outside linebacker that we got from Jacksonville, uh, we cut. B.W. Webb, the defensive back, that had that crazy interception uh, against the um, Cardinals, week number two. He's gone, as is C.J. Wilson, uh, the defensive lineman, uh, who was our Eddie Goldman when Eddie Goldman was hurt uh, last year. So those are the veterans that were cut. That's... Uh, Three, six, nine guys uh, that were cut. Now we go to our to our waiver wire guys. Basically, you know, rookies and, and uh, you know, um, like guys I think it's under three years or something like that in the league. Uh, number one on the list, because it's in alphabetical order, Roberto Aguayo, the uh, kicker from Tampa Bay. Last, a second-round pick from 2016, which for those of you doing the math was last year. Uh, was cut by Tampa Bay, then cut again. Uh, excuse me, put on waivers by the Bears. Uh, Jonathan Anderson uh, also put on waivers. Daniel Braverman, no big surprise there. Um, he was let go. Uh, Rashad Coward, defensive lineman, rookie from uh, Old Dominion. Uh, Titus Davis, another wide receiver. And then here's the one that had Bear fans in a tizzy, including myself. Tanner Gentry was waived by the Bears uh, yesterday. And we sat with pins and needles over the last 24 hours fingers crossed that he would clear waivers so the bears could sign him to our practice squad. And, um, I'll just go ahead and spoiler alert. He cleared waivers and the bears have signed him to the practice squad so we can all breathe easy. You know, like, uh, like the same kind of moment we had last year with Daniel Braverman, cause he didn't make the roster last year. The bears waived uh, Braverman last season and he ended up clearing waivers. They signed him to the practice squad. So we got to keep him same thing with Tanner Gentry this year. Only I think that Tanner Gentry is going to be on the 53-man roster at some point. I definitely believe that, especially with the the guys that are that did actually make the 53. Gentry is going to outperform one of those guys in practice and get himself on the roster. I I definitely think that. So, uh, going right along, Brandon Green, offensive lineman from Alabama, DeAndre Houston Carson, a six-round pick from last year, uh, waived this time. Alton Howard, wide receiver from Tennessee, Isaiah Irving. This was a disappointing one. Um, that guy was a beast, you know, granted against twos and threes and fours, uh, in the preseason, but, uh, an absolute pass rushing machine for the bears, uh, in the, in the preseason, uh, hit the waiver wire, uh, yesterday, Harold Jones, Corte, a, uh, a guy that we picked off off waivers in 2015 from the Cardinals, I believe, uh, has started some games for us, made some plays, but, uh, 
didn't make the cut uh, this year. Uh, Dugo, I think that D-I-E-U-G-O-T, Joseph, Dugo, I'm going to go with Dugo because um, D-I-E-U, that's how uh, my best friend spells his last name, Diodonet. So I'm going to go with du- Dugo. Uh, Joseph, offensive lineman, Florida International. Uh, Mitchell Curse, another offensive lineman. Will Poles, uh, from offensive lineman from Montana, uh, who was picked up by Jacksonville on waivers, so he's no longer available. Uh, Michael Pruitt, tight end from Southern Illinois. Rashad Reynolds, a defensive back. Cyril Richardson, an offensive lineman. Josh Rounds, the running back from Tulane. Freddie Stevenson, the fullback from Florida State. And John Timu, uh, also uh, being put on waivers again. And the Bears uh, did a, uh, a you know wave-slash-injured uh, player for Connor Shaw after Thursday night's game. So that's what? One, two, three, six, nine, twelve. I think there's 21 players there. And then uh, we had um, six, six, uh, five guys on injured reserve. And those five guys were Kadeem Carey with the injury, with the injury to his, to his wrist. I mean, I thought it was a curious move. Uh, he definitely outplayed uh, Jeremy Langford uh, when he was healthy. Um, the, the, the minor surgery that he needed on his wrist was only supposed to keep him out for like six weeks. So he could have, uh, come back. I guess the bears didn't want to risk losing him on the waiver wire. And, but, uh, they, they tank his season instead. I, that, that part, I don't, uh, that part I don't understand. Uh, Lamar Houston was placed on injured reserve and, and I'm hearing that the bears are going to do an injury settlement, or at least that's the rumor that'll be an injury settlement. So basically Lamar Houston's time in Chicago appears to be over. Uh, like I said, uh, the, the knee injury wasn't significant, so he's not going to miss the season. It's just that, uh, that's how it finishes out. He's coming off another ACL injury. And, um, you know, it's, it's the, the, the rumor is they're going to reach an injury settlement with him and release him. Uh, when he, when he's healthy, they're going to release him basically is what's going to happen. Um, Cameron Meredith, obviously Jordan Morgan, our fifth round choice put on injured reserve. No idea why, but he is. And Chris Brzezinski, one of our, uh, safeties guys spent more time on special teams, made a couple of plays here and there, most notably forcing a fumble against Eddie Lacy, uh, and the Packers on Thanksgiving night in 2015 helped us win that game. But, um, on injured reserve, don't know if he's going to be one of those injury settlement guys as well. So and then one final move. I mean, this was one. This was one yesterday that uh, you know I I had written written this guy off, closed the book on him. I'm done with him, and that's Pernell McPhee, because the first notification that I got on my phone yesterday about Pernell McPhee said he was going to start 2017 on the pup list and miss the first six games. That's the first notification that I saw. Then I see. Maybe a half hour, hour later at the most, Chicago Tribune, you know, that kind of thing. All of a sudden, the Bears are taking Pernell McPhee off of the pup list, and he will be ready or he will be available for week one. So that is official. The following Chicago Bears player passed his physical, Pernell McPhee. He is off the physically unable to perform list after missing the entire preseason. So I wouldn't bank on seeing McPhee. Week one, maybe not even. It'll probably be a couple of weeks while they're trying to get him back into game shape. Or if we do see him, it'll only be in a handful of plays as opposed to him playing the majority of the game. Right now, we can bank on Willie Young, Leonard Floyd being our starting outside linebackers, um, you know, going into week one against the Falcons. So not a lot of depth at that position, uh, unfortunately. But um, we'll see going forward how that all uh, shakes out. So. But those are the guys that did not make the team. And like I said, Tanner Gentry, that was one that kind of, uh, you know, had you scratching your head a little bit, especially more so when you look at the guys that did make the team. And uh, when the roster came out yesterday, you know, these were the guys that did make the team. And we'll start from the top uh, with our quarterback position. We had three quarterbacks make the team. No big surprise there. Mike Glennon. Mark Sanchez, Mitch Trubisky. Our running backs, we kept four this time. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, no surprises there. Jeremy Langford, um, somewhat of a surprise, but not really after um, 
Carey got injured, uh, and Benny Cunningham, who's going to be more of a special teams guy for us this year. We did keep fullback Michael Burton, the guy we signed from the uh, Detroit Lions. He made the 53-man roster. And then when we talk about Tanner Gentry and him not making the team, you look at the guys that did. Kevin White, Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, Deontay Thompson, Josh Bellamy. To me, we got three special teamers and three special teamers and injured guy and Kevin White. So, you know, that's that is a god awful ugly wide receiving core. How does Tanner Gentry not make that make the make the team here, especially when the next position tight end, we kept five guys initially, five. But then again, remember I talked about that theory. If Cameron Meredith goes down, you would think that that opens the door for Victor Cruz, or maybe it'll instead of only three tight ends, we'll keep four. Well, instead of keeping four, we kept five uh, initially. Uh, Deion Sims, Zach Miller, Adam Shaheen, our our perennial starter, our free agent signee, and our second round draft choice. No no surprises there. And we also kept Daniel Brown and Ben Broniker. Uh, two guys that, you know, young guys, first and second year guys that uh, played a bit for us here and there last year. But does either one of those guys a better fit for this team than Tanner Gentry, especially with the, the chemistry that he had with Trubisky? I would keep Tanner Gentry around just for the Trubisky's development in, in practice. That ended up being something that did happen because we got because Gentry cleared waivers and made the practice squad. But I'd much rather have him on the team and five freaking tight ends. I mean, it's. Five tight ends and a fullback. We could have kept two more receivers if we cut out a tight end and lose the fullback. So I guess we're planning on using a fullback quite a bit uh, this season if we're keeping keeping one on. Um, offensive linemen, Charles Leno, Kyle Long, Hironis Grassu, Cody Whitehair, Josh Sitton, Bobby Massey, uh, Tom Compton, and Bradley Sowell. So, I mean, a lot of experience there. Uh, with Compton and Bradley Soule, Bobby Massey, Josh Sitton, the longest tenured player on the team as far as um, in the NFL. He was the only guy when I looked at the roster yesterday that that has 10 years experience uh, in the NFL. Everyone else is single digits, which is uh, pretty good. I mean, we, we got more of a, a younger team, I would think. But um, those are the offensive linemen. Defensive line, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Jonathan Bullard, Mitch Unrein and Roy Robertson Harris. I was really happy to see that kid uh, made the team. But, um, you know, Mitch Unrein made the team. We barely saw him in the preseason. Jonathan Bullard, uh, his injury didn't keep him uh, from from making the uh, team this year. Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Roy Robertson Harris. I mean, it's, it's a decent group if they can stay healthy. You know, Roy Robertson Harris missed all of his rookie year last year with uh, – was the was an illness, so they put him on IR last year. Uh, Mitch Unrein was in and out of the lineup last year. Jonathan Buller just didn't play well. He was healthy. He just wasn't playing well. Eddie Goldman in and out of the lineup last year. And then Akeem Hicks was our was our anchor. He was our rock last year. The still not extended uh, Akeem Hicks, by the way. So you keep hearing about how his agent is in town. Therefore, the Bears must be talking about an extension. But haven't heard about an extension yet, and they need to make that happen. We can't let this guy go because uh, somebody's going to pay him insane money to put him on their roster. We need to pay him, you know, not insane money, but not smart money to keep him on our on our team. He should be with us, you know, from now on. Uh, outside linebackers, like I said, there's only four guys on this list. Pernell McPhee, Sam Acho, Leonard Floyd, Willie Young. Sam Acho is a special teams guy. He's a fire plug. I love that guy. Love having him on the team. But um, he's not a difference maker on defense. He's going to be a special teams guy. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Willie Young, those are going to be your starters on Sunday with Pernell McPhee possibly filtering uh, in and out. So, I mean, I wouldn't, ex- I w- maybe don't be surprised if the Bears make another roster move or two if somebody on the outside becomes available uh, to help us out at outside linebacker. Uh, inside linebacker, only four again uh, Nick uh, Kwiatkowski. Um, Christian Jones, Danny Trevathan, Jarrell Freeman. Trevathan's the big question mark there. Didn't play a down uh, in the preseason. Has been practicing, but he hasn't played a down yet in the preseason. Um, when I was reading the official announcement on ChicagoBears.com with the with the uh, naming who made the team, who didn't, 
it uh, when it talked about the linebackers, it's you know Nick Kwiatkowski, Christian Jones, uh, are you know are on the inside along with starters Danny Trevathan and Jarrell Freeman. So I may I guess just if you listen to that, it sounds like maybe uh, Trevathan's going to start Week One. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, cornerbacks, we kept we kept eleven DBs, eleven six corners and five safeties. The corners, Prince of Mukamura, he made the team. Marcus Cooper, Kyle Fuller, uh, Sherrick McManus, Bryce Callahan, and Cravon LeBlanc. No real surprises uh, in that bunch there. Uh, safeties, Quentin Demps, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, Deion Bush, DeAndre Hall. Made the conversion over to safety, was good enough to make the team, probably more to his special teams abilities. And then the final, to round out the roster, our specialist, Connor Barth, makes it when Roberto Aguayo doesn't. Pat O'Donnell, our punter. Jeff Overbaugh, the long snapper. So that was the 53-man roster as of about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Then after waiver wires and so on and so forth, the Bears made three uh, waiver claims. They claimed wide receiver Trey McBride from the Tennessee Titans, running back, run, running back, running back Taquan Mazel from, um, or Mazel, Mazel, is M-I-Z-Z-E-L-L, let's go with Mazel, uh, from the Baltimore Ravens and long snapper Andrew DePola from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Corresponding roster moves: Jeremy Langford is gone; he has been released or waived. Uh, tight end Ben Broniker has been waived, and long snapper Jeff Overball has been waived. So um, we lost the tight end, gained another receiver. So we got six wide receivers and four tight ends now. We still have four running running backs. We replace uh, Langford with uh, Taquan Mazel, and um, Jeff Overbaugh is gone in place of Andrew DePola, who is our long snapper, uh, who has been the long snapper for the last two years for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. And then the practice squad, the seven guys that were part of it just before the show got started, um, Tanner Gentry, we did sign him. Uh, Digo Joseph, the offensive lineman, offensive lineman Brandon Green, defensive lineman Rashad Coward, safety DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, linebacker Jonathan Anderson, and offensive lineman Cameron Lee uh, are the seven-man practice squad. Um, I did hear that just before, uh, just a few moments ago when I was looking it up, that uh, it looks like Ben Broniker is going to clear waivers and sign with the Signed back to the practice squad, as is John Timu uh, as well. So I think we're up to nine on the uh, on the practice squad. So um, let me see if I can uh, pull that up real quick here on the Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, But, um, you know, it's uh, – those are the guys. That's the squad. And um, – that is who we'll be going to battle with on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And for better or for worse, um, you know, that's who's going to be uh, helping us navigate our way through uh, 2017. So, um, thoughts. I've uh, kind of been going back and forth with the thoughts. Um, you know, what can you say about this team? Um, we went 2-2. Two and two. Uh, we looked really good last weekend against the uh, Titans, the all-important uh, dress rehearsal game. Mike Lennon looked like a comp, looked like the guy that we thought we signed. Um, you know, that guy that was bubbling with potential, waiting for his chance. You know, sitting behind, um, you know, sitting behind um, Jameis Winston for the last two years out there in Tampa Bay, and um, you know, not able to. Uh, take advantage of his of his talents and uh you know look pretty good last week against Tennessee um you know and and I look forward to seeing what he can do and hopefully he can keep himself on the field and allow Mitch Trubisky the time to develop and you know as I was alluding to before with the um with the tools that we have available this is not a team that I want Mitch Trubisky at the at the helm of now I know that this this kid is uh you know will help us be a little more there's just something that he has that i that i think it's clear that mike lennon doesn't and i think that's why 
Ryan Pace made the move that he did to go out and get this kid and to make sure that we had him as opposed to um, probably what John Fox wanted, wanted to do. Um, right now, Fox is kind of having his cake and eating it too. He's got the young rookie. He's got him on the team, but uh, you know, Glennon was able to win the job. So he's got the veteran that's going to help us uh, stay in football games. And I think Trubisky's going to help us win them. I just don't think it's time yet. I really don't. With the wide receiving core that we have, Cameron Meredith losing him, that was a huge, huge blow uh, to an already lousy wide receiving core. I mean, we're back to having the wide receiving core we had when Devin Hester, you know, was our number one wide receiver. That was such a mistake. But, um, you know, instead of the, like in the last few years with, you know, when we had an, you know, an embarrassment of riches with, you know, Brandon Marshall and, and, and Alshon Jeffrey being one and two, uh, you know, th- I mean, how awesome was that? Now we're back to, you know, well, Kevin White is there and, you know, Kendall Wright had a decent preseason. Uh, Marcus Wheaton can't stop hurting himself. Who knows if he's playing week one? Um, you know, the best, the, 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 the highlight of the preseason was Tanner Gentry uh, at the wide receiver position and the Bears cut him. So, I mean, we got him on the practice squad, so technically he's still ours, but, you know, where hopefully we activate him soon. That's what I hope is that uh, hopefully he'll be on the roster uh, very shortly. But with the tools that we have available, it's I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Not for Trubisky. Not yet. You know, we, we got some big holes to fill at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, right now, if you know me as, as a fan, I'm trying to look and see who in college football is lighting it up at the wide receiver position. So that's the guy that we can go and get, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing some research to try to find out who is uh who's a free agent next year. You know, who, who might the bears be able to spend some money on and, and bring in a top flight wide receiver uh, to go along with Trubisky. Cause you know, you know, Trubisky's going to be the guy in 2018, no matter what, no matter what. I mean, we set up the contract with, with Glennon that way. And uh, after this preseason, the Bears aren't going to be able to keep Trubisky out for another full offseason and preseason and, and so on. You know, it's only going to be like a $2 million cap hit to get rid of Glennon and, and turn the offense over to Trubisky because we do need another offseason to get this team ready for him. You know, I think the offensive line will be fine. I think our running running game is going to be good, if not great, uh, this season with you know, year two of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, you know, as much as I didn't want that kid when we drafted him, um, he's going to be something for us. I, I just have a feeling about that kid uh, after seeing him play. And, um, you know, Shaheen, I think of our draft choices, he's probably the most disappointing one. I don't think anyone expected anything from that offensive lineman. But um, going into camp, I think Shaheen was the one that we probably expected the most from. And then we got the least out of. And I don't want to say he was disappointing as in he was a bad draft choice. I mean, as far as if you look at what Trubisky did, what Cohen did, and what Shaheen did, Shaheen was the least impressive of the threes. I mean, Trubisky did what he did. You know, he made spe- plays that made him look special. I mean, hell, it was in doubt going into that game against Tennessee whether or not Trubisky might be our starter week one against the Falcons. Tariq Cohen... Um, you know, showed flashes and, and, you know, made great plays against Arizona. And, uh, you know, in that game, when, when, uh, when, uh, Jordan Howard was out with that, that eye injury and, um, you know, Shaheen made a catch here, made a catch there, but nothing, you know, dynamic or, or anything. Like I said, I think we were expecting more from him than we got. So maybe disappointing is the wrong word, but I mean, at least impressive of those, uh, draft choices. And then of course, Eddie Jackson can't forget about him. I think he's going to be our other our other starter at the safety uh, position, Eddie and Jack, he's going to make some plays for us too. Uh, he was in position to make some plays in, in the, uh, in the preseason, a bad bounce here, you know, a drop ball there kind of thing. Uh, I think the, um, you know, our draft choices, God help me, Ryan pace. I think he did it again. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But um, of our draft choices, I think Shaheen was probably the most uh, or least impressive. I don't want to say disappointing but least impressive as far as what we were expecting to see in the preseason and, um, and what we got, what we got there. But, um, you know, again, this is a, a, a roster that's about a year away from, from, that I think that is about a year away uh, from, uh, from being ready for Trubisky. And um, so that I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled 
that Glennon won the job. Um, if for no other reason, I think I mentioned this again, Stan, when we, when we had Dan Cotton on the show last week, um, you know, if for no other reason that I just don't want Trubisky running that gauntlet that we have in the first four games, you know, and the next four after that aren't any easier, but, um, you know, it's like (laughs) in the first four weeks, we have the defending NFC champion, the, the riser in the NFC, the one that everyone thinks is going to be the next big thing in the NFC. We have a AFC championship contender in the Steelers and then the Green Bay Packers on on a short week on Thursday Night Football. Before we come back around, we got the Minnesota Vikings at home. Then we have the um, Ravens before we close out with Carolina and New Orleans. I mean, the two easiest games on that list are, you know, we Minnesota because it's at home and the Bears always beat the Vikings in Chicago. And then New Orleans and that's on the road in New Orleans. I mean, honestly, looking at this, looking at this thing, I think I'd be excited about three and five. I, I think I've said that before, but I really do think like three and five, I'm happy. Four and four, I'm over the moon. I really am. So uh, I think the Bears were, are going to be able to steal a game in there somewhere. For some reason, I got a funny feeling about that Steeler game. I got a funny feeling about that Steeler game. I mean, you know, week one, crazier things than have happened. You know, it would be a, it would be an upset for sure, and I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if the Bears win next week against the Falcons. You see it happen all the time week one. Teams come out of nowhere and win that first game uh, of the season. Um, I don't think we're going to fare well against Tampa Bay week number two. But I, like I said, I got a funny feeling about that that Steeler game, week number three. Just something something about it. I think the Bears are going to pull that one out. So you know that's the that's number one. Then win against Minnesota, and I think we'll be able to win against the Saints right now. So there's your three wins. That's what I'm looking at right now. Then in the second half, I think we can go on a run in the second half. I really do. I mean, I think it could be like if 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 everything goes right in the second half, I think we could be looking at a reversal of the the first eight games where we went three and five in the first eight. I think we can go five and three. Uh, in the second, we have four of our six um, division games in that second half: the Browns, the Bengals, the Eagles, the, the 49ers. It's a much easier road to hoe for the Bears. I mean, a lot of winnable games for the Bears in that stretch. So, you know, I think I think eight and eight's a possibility. I really do, especially if the defense plays the way it has in the preseason and stays healthy. More importantly, if we can stay healthy the sky is the limit as far as this defense is concerned. And then we spend another off season, uh, spending money in the right places, hopefully at wide receiver, maybe bring Alshon back. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, get a, get, a, you know, get a quality receiver, uh, maybe draft one high in the draft for, for Trubisky, let him take over in 2018. And then, uh, a year from now, you know, I fully expect to be talking about how the bears are a playoff team. I really do. So, um, this year, I don't think so. But uh, we'll get to the rest of my picks here in, in just a second. But, um, you know, like I said, defense, it's all about health on the defensive side of the field because I think that we have the talent on defense. Uh, you know, I think we've improved the secondary enough that they won't be as much of a liability as they had been uh, in the past. And if Vic Vangio can afford, can avoid, I should say, whatever the hell it was that he was doing in that Tennessee game, because like I said, I don't think it was a talent thing. I think it was a scheme thing that the Titans were finding that big soft spot in the, in the deep middle of the field for those big chunks against us. If we can avoid that, especially in this first game against Atlanta, they'll carve us to pieces if that's still there on Sunday. But, um, you know, if we can avoid that, and if we can stay healthy, I think the defense is top 10 for sure. I definitely think so. I think Leonard Floyd could be a beast this year. Uh, if he can avoid the little nagging injuries like that foot injury he left the Titans game with, um, you know, Willie Young can can be uh, can be a boss for us this season. And if McPhee can uh, can stay healthy as well, I think we'll be in good shape there. So, and then the inside linebackers, I love all four of them: Christian Jones, Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, Trevathan if he's healthy and, re- and ready to play, and then Jarrell Freeman. He's my favorite of the entire bunch. And then, like I said, I don't think the secondary is, is as big a liability as, as, it, as it was last year. 
with Dempson Jackson on the back end, especially, I think that's going to help out huge. So um, defense, I have no issues with. Connor Barth, we just need more consistency from him. He got better as the season went along. Started the year making everybody wonder why the hell we cut Robbie Robbie Gold. But, uh, you know, and then Pat O'Donnell, he had a very good preseason. So hopefully he'll be able to keep that going. And the long snapper is, you know, dime a dozen. So who cares? But it's not Patrick Manley. So the guy who played for 9,000 straight games for the Bears. But, um, you know, so that's our squad. And, uh, you know, health and luck, I think, is going to be the key this season. Um because I don't think we're talent-rich enough on the offensive side of the ball to to put up a lot of points. And, um, you know, the defense can't hold them off forever, you know. So if we can score some points and make some things happen on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's going to be the Jordan Howard show on offense. And then, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, three and outs and turnovers on the defensive side to help us win some football games. So... Anyway, that is our 53-man roster. Uh, that is who we are going to battle with. Uh, we'll see if any changes get made, if anybody else gets added to that practice squad between now and Thursday when we have uh, uh, Matt Carley on the show to, to preview the game. Um, but um, what, do you say we, uh, what do you say we push all this aside? And just real quick, go over my, my usually grossly inaccurate and horribly incorrect predictions for the 2017 NFL season. You know, every year I uh, I make these predictions, the picks that stick, if you will. And uh, yeah, every year I always wish that I uh, used a lot less glue. You know, from you know what I'm talking about. I uh, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, this year uh, I'm doing it completely different than every other year that I've done it, uh, especially doing it for the show is um, I, I also, I did it in a, in a much more scientific way uh, as far as, you know, I mean, meticulously went through the schedules. Um, you know, I, I even found a, a grid schedule online and printed it out so that if I gave so-and-so the win, I would correspondingly give someone else the loss so that you're not getting lopsided records and, and all that kind of stuff. I'd spend hours on this crap and end up being as wrong as a human being could be by the end of the season. You know, I can't, you know, can't even tell you how many times the teams that I've picked to go to the Super Bowl um, two years ago, neither one made the playoffs. Because, I mean, last year, uh, 2015, two years ago, I should say, yeah, 2015, um, I liked the Eagles and the Colts in the Super Bowl, and neither one of those teams made the playoffs. Neither one. So, Yeah. That's, yeah, neither one made the playoffs in 2015. Uh, as a matter of fact, both teams were terrible in 2015. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Eagles uh, had a top 10 draft choice and the, the, the Colts weren't far behind them. So uh, it, was a, it was a bad year uh, for me. I couldn't even tell you who I thought was going to make the Super Bowl last year. I don't even remember. And, um, you know, I can certainly tell you it wasn't uh, the Falcons and the Patriots. Maybe it was the Patriots. I think maybe the Patriots were in like, you know, like, eh, I guess, you know, kind of thing. But this year, it's just, I'm just going to eyeball this thing and I'm going to throw some things out there and, you know, I'm going to throw out what I want to see happen. How about that? I'm going to throw out what I want to see happen. You know, we talked about it last week at the end of the show, um, at the end of the Titans show about, you know, because we were talking about the Titans and wanting them to, to be that team that kind of emerges and helps the AFC get out of this rut that they've been in as far as it's either the Broncos, the Steelers, or the Patriots that go to the Super Bowl. And uh, especially ever since, you know, Peyton left Indianapolis, the Colts aren't an option. They probably won't be for another couple of years. They're, they're, they're rebuilding down there, um, you know, but it's the Broncos, the Steelers, or the Patriots every single year in the AFC and it's uh you know number one it's annoying as hell and it's boring is what it is it's boring the NFC on the other hand 
it's a revolving door of teams that make it every single year. Uh, I mean, you, you have a team like the Giants that will go back. The Seahawks went back-to-back, and that's, that's a rarity in the, in the NFC, that a team will go back-to-back. Um, you know, the Giants made it twice in four years. Uh, you know, but for the most part, it's a different team every single season. I mean, just going back to the start of the decade, or the start of the, uh, the turn of the century, 2000, it was the Giants. 2001 is the Rams. 2002 is the Bucks. 2003, who was 2003? The Bucks, then the um, Panthers. It was the Panthers of 2003. 2004, it was uh, 2004, 30. Super Bowl 39, that would be the Eagles. Super Bowl 35 was the Giants again. I don't know, that's 40, I'm sorry. Super Bowl 40 would be the Seahawks. 41, the Bears, obviously. 42, the Giants. 43 was the Cardinals. 44, the Saints. 45, the Packers. 46, the Giants again. Uh, 47 was uh, the 49ers. 48 was um 48 and 49 was the seahawks 50 was the panthers again and then 51 last year being the falcons so i mean you know the panthers have made it twice since 2000 uh the seahawks three times since 2000 the giants twice and then it's been different you know other teams from there so it's uh you know but since 2000 on the afc side it's the ravens in 2000 then 2001, it was the Patriots. 2002, it was the uh, Raiders. There's your exception right there. 2003, the Patriots. 2004, the Patriots. 2005, the Steelers. 2006, the Colts. 2007, the Patriots. 2008, the Steelers. 2009, the Colts. 2010, you see where I'm going with this? 2010, who was, who was 2010? The Steelers. That was the the Packers and the Steelers when the Bears could have made it. Uh, 2011, the Patriots again. 2012 was the um, the Ravens. There's your other exception, but that's the second time. Um, 2013, the Broncos. 2014, the Patriots. 2015, the Broncos again, and then 2016, the Patriots. So it's Broncos, Steelers, Patriots. Broncos, Steelers, Patriots. The Ravens were in there, and then that anomaly of the Raiders in 2003. That's it. Or 2002, I should say. So, I mean, it's that's boring as hell. I mean, we just talked about 18 seasons of football with four teams. Four, you know, four, five, I think. Five teams have made it in the last 18 years in the AFC, and primarily three of them um, over and over again. So, it's, uh, yeah, it sucks. So... I would like to see something completely different this year, you know. So, here we go. In the AFC East, you know, it's it's the Patriots. It has to be. So, I mean, everyone talks about how they were the best team in the league last year and they got better in the offseason. They signed Stephon Gilmore. They added Brandon Cooks to wide receiver. Uh, they did some things to for the for the rich to get richer, for sure. It's incredibly annoying, um, but they are who they are until we finally knocked, until somebody finally knocks those guys off their pedestal. So uh, I like the Dolphins this year, especially after they signed Jay. Uh, we'll see what he'll be able to do uh, down there. Um, the very little that I have seen the Dolphins play, that offensive line is not so good. And, um, you know, if that doesn't improve or stabilize itself, uh, Jay Cutler is going to be a mess down in Miami, and so are the Dolphins. So, I mean, Jay Ajayi can only solve so many problems. Eventually, they do have to throw the football. Otherwise, they'll be facing 11-man boxes down there in Miami. So, um, the Bills, not sure what to expect from them with a with a first-year coach and a brand-new GM. Uh, we'll have to sit back and see on them. They've been selling a lot. They got rid of Sammy Watkins. They traded away Reggie Ragland. They've been adding draft choices but not too many bodies. So I think the, the bills are bearing up for, for 2018 and beyond and uh, not to, don't expect too much from them this year. And then the Jets might have the worst roster in football. And um, so I, 
Uh, you know, I right now my prediction is the Jets will have the number one pick in the draft next year based on the way things are looking uh, out there. And they'll also have a brand new head coach because I don't think that uh, Todd Bowles is going to survive a, you know, two and 15, uh, two and 14 uh, campaign uh, after, you know, they went from bad to worse last year for them to go from worse to the worst in 2017. I think it'll end up costing Bowles his uh, job. So, but then again, maybe he can come and be our defensive coordinator next year when when Vic Fangio's contract is up and he, you know, and he leaves. Who knows? But uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, anyway, uh, in the East, that's how I see it. It's uh, it's New England and New England, Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. Then uh, in the North, um, still got to give that. And this is what I say. This this is why it's boring. I I, I got to give that one. Back to the Steelers for now. Uh, I'm not sure where the Ravens are at at this point. The Browns are going to be better, but will they be good enough to make a move in the division? I don't think so. Um, the Bengals, will they be able to bounce back? They didn't make the playoffs last year, uh, as opposed to being that team for years that hadn't made the playoffs in, you know, God for, you know, how no, God knows how many years. Uh, last year was the first time, I think, in like five or six seasons that they didn't make the playoffs. So um, this could be a bounce back year. They had a lot of injuries last year. So if they can stay healthy, I think they'll be a contender in their division, but I don't think anyone outside of Pittsburgh is a playoff team uh this year. So then we go to the South and we already talked about the Colts, they're rebuilding. Jacksonville is talent rich. They have a brand new head coach. Will it make a difference so that they can make a move in the division? I'm not quite sure. I think maybe that'll that'll help them improve this season. I see some improvement in Jacksonville. I think actually the Colts are your last place team uh, in the AFC South this year, which kind of sucks for me because that's my AFC squad. But, um, you know, I'll actually probably be keeping a closer eye on Miami this year with Jay on the team. But, um, you know, I, I think I, I it's, it's going to be a battle between Houston and Tennessee for the, for the, for the top spot in the South this year. And uh, right now I got to give the edge to Tennessee because of their quarterback position. Um, you know, they, they still don't know what they're doing at quarterback in, in Houston. I think Tom Savage is going to be the guy, but, uh, they drafted Deshaun Watson, uh, in the first round who did not have the best preseason, but, um, you know, the Texans, they still have Lamar Miller at running back. They still have Deandre Hopkins at wide receiver. You know, they've got some good things on that offensive side, and they're adding J.J. Watt back onto a defense that was number one in the NFL last year. So, you know, kind of got to go with the got to go with the Texans for now. You know, maybe even in a you know in a tiebreaker thing, they maybe they finish in first place because I see Tennessee and and, and Houston kind of finishing in the same you know ten and six area um, this season with their with the wins and losses. And then on the on in the West. This is going to be a tough division, but it's it's a two-team race again this year. I don't think the Broncos are good enough on offense to be a serious contender in the division. The Chargers are a last-place team. They'll be better than they were last year, but they're still a last-place team. Um, I think the Broncos will be third, and then it's Kansas City and Oakland, and I want to give the Raiders the, the um, edge this year. So who are the playoff teams? Well, I got the Raiders in first. The Texans in first, the Steelers, and the Patriots. Those are your four division winners. And I'm going to go with Tennessee and Kansas City as the uh, wild card teams. And it's boring, but I, you know, for now, it's it's one of those things where, like, for years, you guys have heard me say, I'll always pick the Packers to beat the Bears until the Bears start beating the Packers. You know what I'm saying? And right now, um, I got to pick the Patriots to win the AFC until somebody knocks them off. So it's definitely possible. I think the team with the best shot, call me crazy, I think it's the Chiefs in the AFC that have the best shot to to beat the Patriots. But will they get a chance to play the Patriots is the real question. So we'll have to uh, to wait and see. I like the I like the Raiders. I like the Chiefs. I like the Titans. But the Patriots are still the class of the division. So they'll be going back to the Super Bowl to defend their crown. On the NFC side, that's where things get interesting. You know, in the East, we got Dallas, we got the Giants, we got Philly, and we got the Redskins. Um, you know, 13 and 3 is hard to duplicate. 
Uh, it's year two. Everybody's got a year worth of film on Dak Prescott. And um, who knows how this Ezekiel Elliott suspension thing is going to turn out. I mean, um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And uh, that could have a big impact on how, this, how the Cowboys start their season. And, um, you know, right now, um, I like the Giants in the NFC East. I really do. Uh, I think the Giants are going to finish in first place uh, out there. Something, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just eyeballing this thing. I'm kind of going with my gut. I'm going with what I'd like to see happen. And, um, you know, even though I picked the Patriots again, I don't want them. I just, I, how can you argue against it at this point? It's just, uh, you know, it, it's going to have to be bad luck and injuries that are going to sink the Patriots in the AFC and they've got a knack for not letting that affect them at all. So uh, on the NFC side, you know, I got a feeling about the Giants this season in the North. Um, I think there's only one team coming out of the North. There's there's no, there's in a second playoff team. It's Green Bay uh, right now. And that's the same thing with the Patriots. I, you pick Green Bay until somebody else wins the division. It just, I mean, I know that the, the Vikings won the division a couple of years ago, but they ended up losing to Green Bay in the playoffs a week later. So it ended up not mattering uh, that they didn't win the division. But, you know, since what, 2011, since the, the Bears were the last team in 2010 to win the division other than Green Bay, you know, like I said, Minnesota won it in 2015, but ended up not being making it, you know, basically the, the Packers won the division back by beating them in the wild card the next week um, and that kind of thing. But uh, until somebody topples them, I got to go with Green Bay in the division for now. Uh, in the South, that's the real question mark. That division there. That one, you know, and of course, this is the division that we're playing this year. The Falcons are the, I mean, we've been talking about it all summer. The Falcons are the division, are the division champ. They're the NFC champ, but they're the Super Bowl loser, and you have the Super Bowl loser jinx if you believe in that kind of thing. The Panthers, um, you know, are playing this season to answer the question. The question is, which season was the were the real Panthers? You know, will the real Panthers please stand up? It's, you know, were they the ones that that blew through the NFC to a 15 and one record in 2015, or the one that fell flat on their faces in 2016, with the additions that they made, Christian McCaffrey being the most paramount one? Things are going to be interesting there. You have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a team that's been slowly building towards something, and a lot of people think that this is the year that that something happens. So. Uh, and then, of course, the New Orleans Saints, when we talked about them, it was the New Orleans Saints were seven and nine without a defense last year. If they figure out how to how to stop some teams from scoring points uh, on them instead of having to constantly outscore their opponents. And, uh, you know, it, it's one thing to, to, to beat a team, uh, you know, 24 to 10 or something like that. It's another to have to beat them 41 to 37. You know, that is extremely difficult to do, and it's extremely difficult to do it on a week-to-week basis. And that's basically what the the Saints had to do last year in order to win games. They had to put up a ton of points because they knew their defense wasn't going to be able to help them out. If their defense can help them out, then watch out for the Saints because their offense still manages, with Drew Brees back there, they managed to put points on the board in huge, huge chunks. So... Who's going to win that division? Uh, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Falcons, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, don't know about the Falcons. The, the call that I'm going to make right now, I'm going to put the Panthers back on top, and I'm going to take the, uh, right now I'm taking Tampa Bay in the uh, into the playoffs as the wild card. Uh, then in the, in the NFC West, you got Seattle and Arizona. And then you got the Rams and the 49ers. You can just forget about the Rams and the 49ers. Nothing happening there uh, this season. It's it's can Arizona bounce back to be who they were in 2015 when they looked like the best team in the NFC before they got squashed in the NFC title game by the Panthers. I thought the Panthers were ripe for the picking in that NFC championship game. I thought the, the Cardinals were just the team uh, to top them, and I ended up being wrong. Um, but they did look like the class of the NFC going into that title game. And, um, you know, can they get back to that again? Um, we'll have to see it. I think it's on the defense more than anything to help them get there. Um, the Seahawks, can they keep Russell Wilson upright? Cause their offensive line has been terrible, uh, the last few years. Therefore the running game hasn't been all that great. And they've had to rely on Russell Wilson to, to carry them. 
And, uh, you know, how much longer can he keep that up? And, uh, you know, can the offensive line keep him upright so that they can keep winning football games because their defense is still pretty great? Um, You know, right now I like Seattle to win that division again and Arizona to be the other wildcard team. So we got Seattle, Carolina, Green Bay, New York, and then Tampa Bay and Arizona. I don't think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. I think that this Ezekiel Elliott suspension thing is going to hurt them early in the season. They won't really be able to recover. So um, just something about the Cowboys. Like I said, I'm like gut says I'm not, I'm not feeling it for the Cowboys um, this year. So you got the Giants, the Panthers, the Packers, and the Seahawks along with the Buccaneers and the Cardinals. There's your mishmash of, of, of new faces in, in the playoffs um, this year. And, you know, right now, Let's go with um, let's go with Seattle for now. Let's go with Seattle to to win the NFC. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's you know that with Seattle and and uh, and New England in the Super Bowl and uh, you know can't pick against New England. So I hate it, but it's true. Um, I hope that I'm wrong. I usually am. Maybe that's why I'm doing this. I'm picking the Patriots to win the Super Bowl so I can be wrong. That's that works for me. Let's do that. So I'm picking the Patriots to win Super Bowl 52 so I can be wrong about it like I have been for the past six years. So there you go. So um, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I've been rambling on long enough. Uh, before we go, uh, something that I have failed to do, and I apologize tremendously. Um, the last several weeks, um, one of us here in the Chicago Bears Review community, uh, Tim Uncle Bear Sanchez, um, one of the most loyal fans a guy could ask for, uh, has been in the hospital, uh, has some complications uh, with an infection uh, on his leg, and um, I believe Tim is diabetic. That's probably what's, what's um, you know, complicating things on top of it. Um, had been in the hospital for a while trying to clear the infection. Uh, looks like the drugs are finally working, but the, the wound that the infection left behind still needs time to heal. So we want to keep uh, Tim in our in our thoughts and our prayers and, and hope things turn around uh be sure to send tim a shout out on the chicago bears review page on facebook let them know that you're thinking about him uh like i am so i'm in i'm in content i'm in contact with tim from time to time he likes to message me on facebook he's fun to chat with from time to time um you know and uh you know like i said he's he's been with me from the beginning probably you know i started this show in 2007 I think the earliest Uncle Bear Sanchez uh, sighting I had was somewhere in the either 2008, 2009 season. It goes back that far. So, but he's he's the reason, along with the rest of you, who've been with me forever, that I still do the show now, and the reason that I'm trying to constantly make it better, adding guests to the show, you know, just trying to add a wrinkle here and there, um, you know, to uh, to to make it more fun for you and for me uh, at the same time. So. Uh, when you hit your knees tonight, make sure you send one up for Tim because we want him around when the Bears finally get good again. You know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, on that note, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Matt Carolee will be joining me Thursday night to preview Bears-Falcons week one. So be on the lookout for the show. The, the season premiere of the 2017 Chicago Bears review will either be out late Thursday night, first thing Friday morning. So be on the lookout for that. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review.